Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Hey everyone, this is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant. You're listening to the Screen the Screener Podcast College Basketball Team Preview Series. My partner Gus and I are previewing as many of these college basketball teams as possible for the upcoming 2018-2019 College Hoop season. We love college basketball here at Screen the Screener. We're doing it 24-7 and we're doing our second annual team preview series where we grab a beat reporter from so many of these college basketball teams and provide you insight into how their season is going to go. On this episode, we'll preview the Michigan State Spartans with Chris Solari, men's basketball reporter for the Detroit Free Press. Please follow him on Twitter at Chris Solari. Today, we're going to be discussing who will fill the leadership and scoring void left by Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson's move to the NBA, why there's more alpha dog in Nick Ward, Cassius Winston, and Joshua Langford than you may think, and how an underrated recruiting class may be able to contribute right away for the Spartans. After the interview, we'll take a few minutes to consider what Chris said and take a close a look at how the Spartans will fare in the 2018-2019 season. Chris gave us a ton of great insight into a Spartans team that has failed to get out of the round of 32 for three consecutive NCAA tournaments despite having a number two seed in 2016 and a number three seed last year. Let's get right to it now and listen to what Chris has to say. Please welcome to the show Chris Solari, who covers Michigan State basketball for the Detroit Free Press. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Solari. Chris joined us last year on our team preview series, and he's back again this year on Screen the Screener to talk Spartans basketball. Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. How you doing? Good, Mike. How are you doing? Fantastic. And uh, college basketball has started. Practices are, are in full swing here, and we're very excited for the season and certainly want to talk about Michigan State. You know, and uh, last year they did have a real successful year, 30-5. and five. Uh, won the, the Big Ten, of course, but there was some things going on off the court which clearly affected them. Uh, it was a potential national championship team. I liked them for the national championship beginning of the year. And even though they had a real strong season, they just ran into that hot Syracuse team that sort of snuck into the field of 68 there. Many people may not remember that they did, in fact, win the Big Ten. They went 16-2, and finished a game ahead of Purdue and Ohio State, who had fantastic seasons. So I would think it would be an odd feeling from the, the fans up there uh, for the Spartans, given everything that occurred off the court, no? Yeah, well, that's a, it, the interesting thing, obviously, is that there was the one incident with, with Miles Bridges being linked to the FBI probe, which um, you know was pretty quickly dispelled by the NCAA and Michigan State, uh, and, and Bridges had his eligibility, but that was after all the other stuff that, that actually transpired years previous. So it was kind of a weird situation for Tom Izzo in a lot of ways, obviously with a lot of the issues from the past uh, kind of being brought to the fore, but also for the players because they weren't involved with those situations. I mean, a couple of those guys were long gone by the time these guys were even at high school. So um, that in late January did start to take a toll. I don't think right away. I, I think it, it kind of wore on them a little bit. And then by the time they got to that, that Wisconsin game, you know, when all the Bridges stuff happened though, uh, between like the Friday and Sunday game, uh, it, it, you could tell that they weren't the same team as they were earlier. They they lost some of that cohesion. I just think it was mental fatigue in a lot of ways because, I mean, you know, you're talking about a lot of young guys. I mean, I think that's one thing about that team last year. There were still a lot of young guys trying to process and, and really be the face of that program while Tom Izzo was under so much scrutiny. And I, I do think that that they handled it very well. And, uh, you know, certainly, you know, once you got into the Big Ten tournament, you saw them lose to Michigan. And then uh, against Syracuse, that game, uh, you know, that was a, a weird game that 
you know, they prepared for that two, three zone. I thought they had it solved pretty well. And they put Ben Carter in, you know, still a lot of head scratching on why Ben Carter over uh, Jaron Jackson and Nick Ward in that game. But um, I thought Carter moved the ball well around and they, they got shots and they just did not hit him in that game. And sometimes that happens. That's what happens in the tournament when you, when you run into a, a situation like that where you just can't score inside. Yeah, it's interesting, too. The Two of the main players here, Jaron Jackson, Miles Bridges, obviously decided to go to the NBA. They were both lottery picks. So you do have a real solid group coming back, but those two were, were main guys, especially Miles Bridges, of course, leading the team in scoring. So talk about the impact of losing those two guys and, and how you think this team sort of has to shape itself now without having the star freshman in Jackson and the leader in Miles Bridges uh, on the team. Yeah, I think you're seeing how special those guys are right now in like the preseason games of the NBA because Jackson's showing off that range and Bridges getting to the basket and, and doing some nasty things around the rim that, that we've kind of seen here for two years with, with uh, Bridges and for last year with Jackson. But it, it's going to impact them in a lot of different ways. I think, first of all, you don't have that guy that's, that's really the, the primary go-to guy, which I think Bridges did become. I mean, he hit that big shot game to, to win it um you know there, there were times where he was being pushed out of position uh I, I think he was trying to you know enhance his versatility by playing the three and and really i think at this point he probably would have been better off at the four from a team concept individually he needed that work with the ball and, and playing off it but um you know that's going to be a tough one to replace there because of the versatility he had to slide between that three and four spot uh which is where they're going to be maybe lacking a little bit. Same with Jackson. Jackson played a lot of four. And, you know, he's a stretch four. He's got that ability to shoot outside. I mean, he was, he was a, a three-point threat for them. Uh, needed. I thought he still needed to work a lot more on his offensive game in the post. But, but at the NBA level, that doesn't necessarily need to, to be an impact thing for him with his build, his, his talent set. I do think where Michigan State's going to miss him. They were the leading shot-blocking team in the country because of him. I mean, he set a program record. I mean, shattered program record. It wasn't even close uh, to, to how bad he, he ran away and, and stashed that, that school blocks record. And, you know, that made Michigan State an imposing defensive team. I mean, you saw they led the country in field goal percentage defense, I think, large part because of that, because Jones, Jackson not only challenged those shots, but he, he also, uh, you know, altered them. I, I think that was... That was that's an imposing presence to, to lose there, and you know they're they're going to try and find uh, a couple guys. They may have some guys to, to fill in there. I, I think probably the most curious thing to see will be how they use Xavier Tillman this year. I thought he come on, came on late. Uh, he's a guy that can play with the ball. But, uh, does he have the outside shooting? Uh, not necessarily three point shooting, but outside shooting to from elbow extended to, to really kind of take some of that that pressure where Bridges and and uh, Jackson would hit. Them. Yeah, you talk. You start talking about the returning players. It looks like the Spartans are going to be led by the trio of juniors, of course. Forward Nick Ward and the backcourt duo Cassius Winston, Joshua Langford. All three had their ups and downs last year, especially Ward, who has this sort of love-hate relationship with Coach Izzo's doghouse. Uh, he still averaged 12 points per game, seven rebounds per game. Winston led the Big Ten in three-point percentage, basically 50% from three-point range. He was amazing. Also led the conference in assists at 6.9. Langford shot 40% from beyond the arc, but maybe needs a little more efficiency with his shot selection, only 42% from the field. Uh, these guys are not your typical alpha leaders, per se. You know, as a group, as a collective group, they're strong. But I would think as a group, they're going to lead with their experience, their all-around ability, and their will to win, right? 
Well, you know, that's interesting you say that because I do think that there is some alpha tendencies in them. The problem is when you have bigger dogs like Bridges and Jackson, those, those alpha tendencies kind of get pushed aside and you have to be more of a role player. I think Langford in particular is a guy who has been a vocal leader uh, of that group, uh, maybe even more so than, than Bridges in that, in that class that they had with, with those guys. Uh, but, I mean, he's got to be able to consistently hit his shot got to be able to take the ball to the rim and not settle. He, he loves the mid-range game, but he also falls in love with it and the outside shot maybe a little too much. He needs to be more of a slasher. Like, his idol is Kobe Bryant, but he, he needs to, to play a little more like that maybe. Um, you know, play a little bit more uh, feisty and, 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 you know, attack guys off the bounce, uh, which I think, you know, you couldn't do that when you have Miles Bridges there because that's his game. So you, you need to share that a little bit. I thought Langford kind of did that. And Winston, I do think, also has that that ability to lead. He's not one of the captains. Langford and Matt McQuaid are captains, but, but I don't think there's anyone, especially in that January point when we were talking about beyond then, um, when all the problems were happening, Cash Winston was kind of the de facto spokesman of that whole program. And he's a smart guy. He's, he's obviously got, got the handle to play the point. Um, you know, he's got the outside shooting ability, which I think surprised everybody, including Tom Izzo, how good of an outside shooter he is. Uh, he's another one that has to go north and south a little more, has to get the ball to the rim, get in the paint. Um, you know, that'll accentuate the, those assist numbers if he can do that. I mean, you can't just, just rely now on, on passing the ball to Bridges and passing the ball to Jackson and letting them create off the bounce. He, he's got to be a creator uh, more so than just a, a, a simply a facilitator and, and a receiver of passes to score. And, and Nick Ward, um, you know, there's a lot of talent in that guy. Um, I think he's got such a, an ability to score around the basket, great hands, good footwork. Um, but I think he also, he tested the NBA draft process and heard a lot of different things. You know, you need to have an outside game. You need to work on your defense and, and maybe a little more of that lateral quickness. Those are things that, that you know, if, if Nick Ward can make that jump, he doesn't have to be the leader. That's one thing. I think. You know, Nick Ward doesn't have to lead uh, simply by voice. He's a guy that can lead by example. And listening to Tom Izzo and, and embracing the teachings of Tom Izzo, kind of like what what some of the guys in the past, like a like a Derek Nix, or uh, you know, I, I think of some of those big guys, even Morris Peterson, all the way back, um, had a learning curve to where he started to embrace Izzo's teaching and philosophies. And if Nick Ward can do that, I mean, really, this guy's looking. Yeah, very good. Mo Pete, when, when he got going there, really became a, a huge player for the Spartans and going for that national championship. Uh, this was a strong recruiting class, Chris, for Tom Izzo, 17th nationally by 24-7 sports. Two four-star recruits there sort of lead the way. 6'10 forward Marcus Bingham Jr., six-foot guard Foster Lawyer, who is Mr. Basketball in Michigan. They also have four-star small forward Gabe Brown. And then 6'5 wing player Aaron Henry, who's 6'5, 200 pounds, really has a body that's ready for the rigors of the Big Ten grind. Talk about the freshmen and who you think is separating themselves and who really could make an impact from day one for the Spartans. It's amazing to hear that number 17 after the classes previous to that were so highly ranked. I mean, top five classes. When you talk about the Jackson and Selman class, and when you talk about the, the Bridges, Winston, Ward, and Langford class, I think that you know. But these are these are fits. These are these are complementary fits. I think they they feel like they got a real steal in Aaron Henry. Uh, I got a chance to watch him a little bit this summer in the Moneyball Pro Am League here, and he's just a guy that does a lot of things really well. Uh, he is a scrappy defender. He can hit shots. He's got that left-handed stroke. You talk about Morris Peterson. 
Uh, seems like like Izzo's had a lot of those lefty guys like Peterson and Bridges who who can hit that that shot and kind of cross defenders up a little bit because they're they're going opposite hand. Um, but I think Henry is a guy that could step in right away and potentially be an answer at that three eighty miles Bridges. No, but but he's a guy that that can get to the rack. He can shoot a little bit outside. Uh, more importantly, he just makes guys around him better. Um, you know, with this all around kind of game. And I think that Bingham's going to be an interesting project. You talk about, you know, it's, it's easy to look at him on paper and say, this is a guy that very easily could replace Jaron Jackson just because he's got the length. He's got the, the, the measurables. He's got the, a little bit of outside game to him, you know, kind of, you know, you look at it and you think, Oh, maybe it's a Jaron Jackson light, but he's, he is light. That's, that's his problem. He needs to put on some weight. Jackson, at least last year when he came in, had a, a little more bulk on him, even even as thin as he was, um, you know. And I thought he had some more muscle on him than Bingham does. So it'll take him a little bit of time, I think, to adjust to the, the college game. Foster Lawyer is a guy that, I mean, you know, his uh, his resume speaks a lot. You know, his son of John Lawyer. He's a guy that that uh, lives basketball. Um, is a smart, heady player. Uh, defense is his game. He's a guy that, in some ways, he kind of reminds you a little bit of Drew Neitzel, in some ways a little bit of Scott Skiles digging into Michigan State's past. But he's got to be able to check. And that's, you know, I think that was, Cassius Winston saw that for his first two years, that to play point guard for Tom Izzo, that means you need to be the head. You need to be the head of the team. You need to be the head on defense. You need to be the the aggressor and, and make sure you check guys. So I think there'll be a little bit of a learning curve there for him on that, but I'm not overly concerned just simply because of his basketball pedigree. And Thomas Kithier is a guy that, that comes in. Uh, you know, he, he didn't play high school ball last year because of a court case. Um, you know, really unfortunate situation. So he's a little bit behind, I think, when you when you think about that. But he's, he's a, an AAU teammate, a foster lawyer. Gabe Brown, another guy like Bingham, too, that has a lot of talent. Uh, but probably needs has kind of been joking a little bit lately. Uh, you know, the weight that Xavier Tillman and, and Nick Ward has lost the last year or so uh, could really be distributed evenly among the freshman class to help them beef up a little bit. But, <laughs> yeah. but Brown's, Brown's certainly similar to, in a lot of ways to Aaron Henry. Um, I, I just think that from a from a physical standpoint, it's, it's funny because he's wearing number 13. He rocks the headband a little bit, so you kind of see some Mo Ager in him, too. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch these guys get on the court because, I mean, that's a big class. It's five guys, um, you know, and, and they've got to blend them in. That's big. That's really been Tom Izzo's big thing. They're, they're going to have openings for some some key players and some key minutes. They're going to have some guys that probably have to sit out and, and maybe redshirt. So it, it'll be a, a big uh, month here before they play Kansas to see which guys will blend in with that system and the veterans. You know, the Spartans always do a great job with their depth. Tom Izzo is a master of making sure everybody gets in and contributes. You talked about Tillman earlier, who could join Ward on the front line. Either him or Kenny Goins, I think, is, is an option up there. Goins a little more versatile, but Tillman certainly has the size for a twin tower approach there with Ward. Matt McQuaid, solid shooter off the bench, 40% from long range. Could actually see some starting minutes as well. So uh, the bench looks good here, Chris, I think, as well. Uh, another deep team for Michigan State. Yeah, and that's going to be a, a real interesting choice for Tom Izzo at the four because he loves Kenny Goins. He loves the intangibles he brings, the rebounding, the defense, um, the knowledge of the system and the demands that Izzo has as a fifth-year guy. But I don't think there was any secret that at the end of last year, Tom Izzo started to feel more and more comfortable with Xavier Tillman and started to see some 
some really positive things out of him on the defensive side. I think he had nine rebounds against Syracuse in that long zone. So that tells you a little something about the tenacity of the kid. He's got a tremendous court vision. And, you know, I think if you if you want to go a high-low, and I think that's been kind of an issue, getting that ball in the board in the post, if you're able to get that second big who can play a high-low game, uh, you know, maybe that's a way to go with that. I think Goins has a little bit better, more more developed outside shot. Both of those guys spent the offseason kind of working on it. Um, so that'll be an interesting thing to see which one ends up getting the start there because this is all about trust. And I do think that's that's another reason why you'll see McQuaid get some starts. I mean, he's a guy that now is going to be in his fourth year in this program. He hit some huge shots uh, throughout his career, uh, but hasn't been kind of a, a featured player. He's been He's been a complimentary guy. He's got a chance now. To, to maybe sneak in at that two spot, then slide Langford down to the three. Um, you know, he's a scrappy defender too. I think that you know he he works pretty well uh, to cover up maybe a little bit of the deficiencies that that Winston has on the defensive side of the ball at the other guard spot. Uh, and then you, you just if you think about those guys. That's a that's a nice little nucleus that, that you got right there uh, of guys who see some minutes and, and really. Uh, probably have a chance to be bigger contributors than they were last year. For sure. And, and Chris, we appreciate a few minutes. So just one more, we'll get you out of here. Uh, it's tough to get a handle on last year, like you said, because on paper it was a Final Four team, but you mentioned a couple of the issues uh, off the court. Uh, it was a challenging season, but very successful. This year, Michigan State, they're predicted to be top team in the Big Ten. Purdue lost a lot. Ohio State lost a lot. Michigan, of course, uh, will be tough as well. And Nebraska looks to be much improved. But the title, in my mind, runs through East Lansing. So where do you think you see them ending up in the conference this year? And what do you think is the key that we should watch for as fans to see if the Spartans can recapture their magic in March? Yeah, I do think that it's going to be a dogfight this year, um, maybe more so than, than last year. And that's that same time. I mean, you think about all the teams that Izzo's had, I think that was only the second outright Big Ten title that he's won. So that tells you how good that team played up until March, which is really an anomaly uh, throughout the course of Tom Izzo's tenure. Usually it goes the other direction. Um, so, but it's also, you look at that group and, and you think that was all sophomores and freshmen for the most part. Um, I think that, you know, you lose Bridges, you lose uh, Jacks, and those are those are two guys that, that I think both from a, a physical talent standpoint and from just just who they are. I thought they were they were guys that kept the other guys loose and, and had fun and enjoyed the game and loved the game and that rubbed off. I think that it'll be interesting to see how that trio of juniors now responds. That's that's going to be the key. That's going to be the rise and fall of the team. You know, if Cassius Winston can take that next step, if Josh Langford can take that next step, if Nick Ward can do the same thing and, and build on what he's done the past two years, I, I think that this team can win another Big Ten title for Izzo. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, but it's going to be a challenge. I, I do think it's going to be a challenge because you don't necessarily have the same type of um, megawatt sure thing NBA guys like, like he did last year, but you know maybe Izzo's team and program thrives a little bit more with, with that not just chip on the shoulder, but but also the, the talent level that's not maybe elite, you know, as a five star elite, but but four star grinders. And I think he may have some of that here, and um, you know it'll, it'll certainly be uh, worth watching uh, anytime Michigan State takes the court this year. 
Absolutely agree. And, and Tom Izzo is a master of getting his teams to play well and to get that chemistry really peaking at the right time. So I expect a big bounce back this year for Michigan State. And, and if they can get it going and get some leadership, like you said, and the, and the chemistry goes well, this could be a team that could definitely make a run. But folks, we got to thank Chris Solari, covers Michigan State basketball for the Detroit Free Press. Please follow him on Twitter at Chris Solari. Chris, that was fantastic, man. Really appreciate it. Best of luck on the season, and, and we'll catch up with you during the regular season. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Have a good good winter and, uh, and hopefully enjoyable all the way through. Thanks so much, man. We thank Chris Solari from the Detroit Free Press for hopping on here on the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast to preview the Michigan State Spartans. When we come back, we'll discuss what Chris said and where we project the Spartans to be this season. But before we get started, just want to remind you that where Gus and I make our bets when we want to put a few shekels down on the game is at mybookie.ag. They were great to us last year. We had a lot of success personally, and they also sponsored the podcast, and they're back again this year. Just use that promo code SDS. If you're the kind of person that likes to bet a little bit and win a lot, they have some great parlays right now, which will continue for the college basketball season. If you bet $100, you can turn it into $600 if you win three bets. So if you're looking at the NFL, you're looking at the NBA, whatever your sport is right now, once they get into college basketball season, those parlays pay big on my bookie. You can bet on all the major sports. They have MMA tonight. Conor McGregor steps into the octagon for his first UFC fight in two years. You can bet on whether he's going to win straight up or whether Khabib is going to deliver a first-round KO. We really recommend these guys because we trust them. It's the one bet that we know we're going to be happy with all season. MyBookie has been in business for years. They have great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. So if you're sitting on the bench right now and you want to get in the game, go to MyBookie. They will match your first deposit dollar for dollar, but you have to join now because they're going to pull that offer soon. Make sure you use the promo code SDS. That's right, the promo code SDS. Log on to MyBookie. You'll double your money. Use our promo code there. They'll get your first deposit match for 100%. That's promo code SDS. You play, you win, you get paid at mybookie.ag. So Chris Solari gave us a lot of great information there on the Michigan State Spartans, and this is a fascinating team. You know, I have to admit, I was a little more down on the Spartans before we talked to Chris there. He did make a lot of good points. I I think Michigan State is a little overrated coming into the year, And, and my thought process was you lose Miles Bridges, you lose Jaron Jackson, and you have a team with Tom Izzo with those stars. Bridges came back for the title that had every intention of making a Final Four run. Now, whether it was the Miles Bridges payment, a controversy, or it was the stuff with, with Dr. Nazir off the court, of course, with all the stuff going on, of course, that may have played a part. But my thought process is if that team can't even get out of the second round of the NCAA tournament, the round of 32, why would a team coming back without a real established alpha dog, as I said, be able to make significant progress? Now, he countered that, Chris. He feels that Nick Ward, Joshua Lankford, and Cassius Winston are alpha dogs. While some of those guys may not be as vocal, they do have the ability to be leaders. They were just stifled by having Miles Bridges on the team. Now, that's an interesting philosophy. I'm not sure if I agree, if I think that's going to happen, but it could. And this could be a situation like we've seen in college basketball many, many times where the star player leaves and the team actually gets better. What I think they're going to benefit from is I do think it's a down year in the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten had a little bit of a revival last year when you're talking about Purdue. Kata Bates D up with Ohio State. Chris Holtzman had a fantastic year. And of course, John Beeline in Michigan. You had some solid, solid teams. But this year kind of goes back the other way. I mean, the third best team in a lot of the preseason rankings is going to be Nebraska. Now, Nebraska certainly is very solid, have some real good players back. 
but they don't have the pedigree of some of these other legendary Big Ten schools. So it really is a conference that Michigan State is set up well to win. Michigan, of course, loses Wagner inside, who is so very important, but they do return Charles Matthews. They have some solid players there. Of course, they're going to be right at the top. But similar to what you heard on the Kansas preview with Jesse Newell, I see the Big Ten very polarized like I see the Big 12. I don't think West Virginia is a legitimate contender to the Big 12 title. A lot of people do on paper. If you're not going to be a Big 12 competitor when you have Javon Carter and Daxter Miles Jr. in the backcourt, I don't see how you're going to do it with inexperience, especially the way Huggins plays. So I see that as a Kansas-Kansas State conference. You talk about the Big Ten, I see it as Michigan-Michigan State. But he brought up a lot of good points. He said that the recruiting class coming in, he thinks it's going to be a lot better than people are giving them credit for. He likes Marcus Bingham, 6'10", 210 pounds from Michigan. You know that Tom Izzo always does a great job recruiting in Michigan. He also likes... Aaron Henry a lot, six foot six, two hundred eighteen pounds. Not as many stars or as heralded as some of these other guys, but certainly he's somebody who thinks he can really, really contribute. And they're reloading for the future. Uh, I don't know if Cassius Winston and Joshua Langford or Nick Ward are going to be back. Nick Ward tested the waters last year. He's got Foster Lawyer coming in as Mister Basketball in Michigan. So it's an interesting team. They certainly are deep. He talked about the guys coming off the bench. He talked about Kenny Goins doing a real nice job. How he possibly could be a starter there. Either him or Xavier Tillman. Xavier Tillman, the big, lanky sophomore, six foot eight, two hundred sixty pounds, really came on last year. Did a very, very nice job. Ended up averaging eight points and and in two point six rebounds, but played well in the second half of the season for them. Cassius Winston's got to take a step forward. He did shoot forty nine point seven percent from three point range. That's right, Cassius Winston shot forty nine point seven percent from three point range. But he's got to be able to really up his game and become a leader for this team because there were games where he disappeared a little. Feaster fan with the shooting. Joshua Langford needs to improve the field goal percentage. He's 40% from three-point range, but only 42% overall. That is odd. Uh, not many people may know that. If you round him up, he's basically 41% from three-point range and 42.9%, 43% from the floor. So he's an interesting guy as well. Nick Ward, I've talked about Mrs. Randall. He drives her crazy. He's a lot of potential there. Big man inside, but he's going to have to be a back-to-the-basket player, and he's going to have to be able to be a Twin Towers inside with this team. I see a path that Michigan State could actually be very, very good with returning guards who are going to be juniors with a lot of experience. You have a kid like Lawyer off the bench there coming in, another point guard. You can go a three-guard alignment if you want and have them both. Definitely, I see potential in a way that this team could click. But Nick Ward's got to take that next step. He was 12 points, 7 rebounds. He's got to be better than that. He's got to be like a 16-10 and 10 guy for them. And he has to stay out of foul trouble and stop the silly traveling in the post. So there's a path here for Michigan State. And, you know, they're no stranger to scheduling up. We talked about in 2016 how they had that tough start to the season with that brutal schedule that even Tom Izzo may have admitted was a little too much for them. Last year, they started against Duke. They lost 88-81 in the PK-80. I remember being positive that Michigan State was going to win that game, and they did not. But then they faced number nine, North Carolina. They won that game handily. They faced Notre Dame. They won that game by 18 points. Uh, then after that, they pretty much went into a, you know, a, a sort of normal early season safe win run, but they were 15 and one heading into the regular season. And then they lost at Ohio State 80 to 64. But from that point, they bounced back. They beat Rutgers 76 72. Then they lost at home to Michigan. So they did have the bounce back against Rutgers, but then the Michigan game lost. So that was two out of three. But after that point, they reeled off. 
14 consecutive wins before losing to Michigan there in the Big 12 tournament. So it was a year of streaks for them. You expected Miles Bridges to be better than he was. He was not the dominant scorer. Again, he was always a guy, and you heard Chris talk about this, that was sort of out of position. Is he a two? Is he a three? He probably should have been the four in college, but for his pro prospects, he needed to work on the wing. So you're always balancing where the kid would do the the, the most for your offense in college versus his aspirations, of course, to turn pro. So it's an interesting team. They do have role players as well. Matt McQuaid is a nice role player. I talked about Goins before. It's very, very interesting. I could see a situation where Michigan State could win the Big Ten. It's just hard for me right now to say that this team is going to make the Final Four. I don't see them as a serious Final Four contender. I think Izzo would really have to regain his magic of having the team and the egos buy in. You know that Nick Ward's usually in his doghouse. We talked about that with Chris. So if Chris is right and these alpha dogs, these three juniors can step up and lead this team, they absolutely have the path to a very strong schedule and they can parlay that into a real nice record which would get them another top seed looking at their record they're going to open it off they're going to open it up on november 6 which gosh is less than what three weeks away against kansas i think that's a tough spot for them i do not expect them to do well then they have florida gulf coast they have a game against ucla at home they travel to louisville i don't think that should be difficult then they go on friday november 30th they go at rutgers Then they have Iowa. They're at Florida. That's going to be a tricky game. Florida should be pretty good this year. And then after that, after a couple games, we come back in January and they get started. If you look at their regular season schedule, it also is interesting. They do have Ohio State twice. They're at Ohio State on January 5th and they're home against Ohio State on the 17th. They have Michigan twice, but Michigan at the end of the year. They're going to have to play at Michigan on February 24th and then come back two weeks later, basically, and March 9th, end the season at home against Michigan. So they have that. They're going to go to Nebraska on January 17th. So there's another chance for them to test themselves against a tough opponent. And then they come home and play Nebraska as well. They only play Wisconsin once, and that's on the road. So that'll be tricky as well. And they only play Illinois once, and that's on the road. So a balanced schedule for them, not totally even, but some good games. They have games at the end of the year, which would be a challenge. If you made me guess, folks, I think they're going to win the Big Ten. You know my thoughts on Michigan, but I do think they're a little bit better than Michigan. I could see them being like a three or four win Big Ten champion, but there's a lot of question marks. Langford and Winston have to be more than stationary shooters. You heard Chris say this. They have to attack the basket. They have to look to score. They cannot settle for jump shots. Bridges was a slasher. He got in the lane. Even if he wasn't scoring, he was penetrating the defense, getting in the gaps of the zone, breaking people down, and creating jump shots for others. So I'm real curious to see who's going to do that this year, and I think that's up in the air. So Michigan State Spartans' hopes here on having a big, big season are going to rest squarely on whether or not Winston and Langford develop to the point that we think they can. And that's going to do it for our Michigan State Spartans preview. Again, we thank Chris Solari for coming on the podcast from the Detroit Free Press. Please follow him on Twitter at Chris Solari. We had Kansas. We have Michigan State. Gus has lined up some great interviews, some great beat reporters coming up. So please stay with us here on the Screen the Screener College Basketball Team Preview Series. If you like what you're listening to, please, please go to iTunes. Five-star rating interview really helps us out. Of course, follow the pod on Twitter at SDS Podcast. You can follow me at Randall Rand, Gus at C Kearns 12. And please consider becoming a Patreon. Gus put out a fantastic patron-only podcast this morning that they got 
during the season. We're going to do multiple podcasts during the week, and you're always going to get a private one. Sometimes it's a vlog where I just go off on one of my rants on video. You're going to get that in your inbox on Saturday morning for just $6. On top of that, you become the board of directors for the show. You get a great t-shirt, great high material t-shirt. And of course, you get insight into Gus and I and get immediate access to us. So we appreciate it. College basketball season's rolling. Screen the Screener Team Preview Series is rolling on. Kansas, Michigan State, who's going to be next? You'll find out. <laughs>